Call Hal now. 780-6868. Hal is standing by. Stand by. In his chair. On CJOB. I went to sleep last night. Tired from the fight. I've been fighting for tomorrow. All my life. Yeah, I woke up this morning. Feeling brand new. Cause the dreams that I've been dreaming. It's finally getting true. It's a new day. Oh, yes, it's a new day. Hello. How are you? I have recharged my batteries. I woke up this morning, couldn't wait to get in. I don't know what's going on. That'll change tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow I'll get up. I have I have been fighting. I'll tell you one thing, though. I've been fighting a cold, like a bad chest cold, the whole time I've been off. Of course, I get off. Finally, I get some time off, and then I get sick, right? And I've been battling this chest cold, but it was kind of an excuse for me just to do very little and relax and rest and uh, recharge as we get ready to go hard here with Hal Anderson Afternoons on CJOB. You may have seen in my uh, Winnipeg Sun column on Saturday that uh, I asked for your advice. What would you like to see on the show? Any ideas? I'm definitely going to make it mine. Definitely going to, uh, because up until now, let's face it, I've been filling in for other people and now it's mine. So now I want to I want to kind of make it mine. But with your help, because I've always relied on you, uh, for your advice and your ideas. So get them in, 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. This is going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. We have a jam-packed show today. As I said to Career uh, at the end of his show uh, 10, 15 minutes ago, I don't know how I'm going to get it all in. I got a little crazy today. My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, got to talk to Bruce. Uh, when I was uh, first off a couple of weeks ago, it was dry, but, you know, it was no real concern. Now we definitely have uh, something to worry about. This uh, dryness is now on the verge of being in the top five worst dry spills of all time, dating back to when they started uh, taking all this information down. So, We'll talk to my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, here in less than 10 minutes. Also, Dave Jeanson from ABC Fire and Dave uh, Fire and uh, Safety. I've known Dave over at ABC for years and years and years. And I've uh, been to many open houses. He's training sessions. He, When it comes to fire and safety, he knows his stuff. And so uh, you may have heard on Jeff Courier's show today, he talked about a friend of his that passed away uh, fighting a grass fire out at the cottage. Smoke inhalation. That's how fast this can happen. And Dave, uh, as you'll hear when we talk to Dave in a bit here, agrees. It can turn very quickly, uh, but he has some good ideas. And even uh, I live just south of the perimeter uh, here in, in Winnipeg. It's still considered part of the city. But we have had grass fires all around us out there. So it don't think it can't happen to you because it can. And Dave also has some good advice especially for cottage owners, right? If you're a ways away from a fire station or a fire truck, uh, some really good ideas from Dave at ABC Fire and Safety. So hang on for that. That's coming up as well. After Global News at 1.30, Tim Haig will be here. His new book, Perseverance. Uh, this is an incredible guy. And uh, we're going to find out about him and find out about the book. I think his uh, book signing is at McNally Robinson tomorrow night. Yes, it is. We'll get some more information and talk to Tim after 1.30. Bob Irving has promised that he will sneak in for a few minutes before he goes golfing this afternoon because very soon Bob will be football, 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 and he will not have a lot of time for golf. So Bob Irving's going to join us probably at about uh, quarter to two, maybe 10 to two, something like that. 
Conference Board of Canada is out with the innovation grades for Canada and the provinces, and doesn't look very good for Canada and for Manitoba. You may have heard Paul Preston on Courier Show. We're going to talk a bit about that here as we go along. On Mackley and McGarry this morning, Brian Smiley ran into Brian Smiley from MPI downstairs here looking good. He got a haircut or lost some weight or something. Man, he looks good. Anyhow, tomorrow starts Canada Road Safety Week, and 2018 is off to a bad start on the roads. So I want to play back some of Brian Smiley's comments from Mackling and McGarry this morning. This is exciting. Coming up at about 3.30, just after the news at 3.30, we are going to call the winner of Hal's Kitchen. This $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. But before we do that, after 3.30, we have to award one more gift card worth $100 and qualify one more person for Hal's Kitchen. All right, and we'll toss in some Santa Lucia pizza too. I think we'll do that at about 2.15 today. After the news at 2.30, Jeff Braun, he came up to me today. He says, Hal, welcome back. Did you realize it is the 20th anniversary today of Seinfeld's finale? Really? 20 years it's been since Seinfeld went off the air. So Jeff and I will talk about that after the news at 2.30. I'm hoping to get Bonnie Bricker on between 2.45 and and maybe 3 o'clock, we'll see, because I've got the sports doctor in for 3 o'clock to talk a bit about the Jets and Knights tonight. Um, But Bonnie Bricker, of course, uh, lost her son to suicide, and um, he took his own life. And um, I want to get her reaction to this Virgo report that's out today. So hopefully Bonnie can join us at about 2.45 or 3 o'clock. We'll get the sports doctor in there somewhere, because we got to talk about the Jets. They are... Do you realize the Jets are three games away from being in the Stanley Cup Final? Three more wins, and they're in the Stanley Cup Final. And how exciting would it be if it was the Jets and the Capitals? Hmm? Now that would be a fun series. Oh, can't believe it. Uh, While I've been battling this cold, I think I gave it to my wife, Jackie, but while I've been battling this cold, she has been battling allergies. Are you having a hard time with the allergies this year? I don't really struggle too much with allergies, but she does, and boy, it's off to a bad start for her. So, muchos kilos, me, Shaner, and Timmy, my band of big guys, will get a new song called Allergies. And we'll have that for you, maybe around 3.15. All right, and then don't forget, after the news at 3.30 with Tristan Field-Jones, we'll call the winner of Hal's Kitchen, that $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. So as you can see, we have lots to get to here. It's 1-11. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, on this dry weather. All right, 1-15. We're right on time. My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, standing by on the phone here. Before we talk to Bruce, uh, here is what Mike Conkin uh, told Tristan Field-Jones in the new news, uh, well, just about an hour ago. We haven't seen any measurable precipitation since April 12th. So today is day 32 if we don't see any rain by the end of the day, which looks to be pretty much a lock. So the top five driest stretches that we've had here in Winnipeg, the fifth longest is actually 33 days. So we don't have any rain in the forecast tomorrow. It looks like we are going to be in the top five driest stretches since records began for Winnipeg back in 1872. So we haven't had dry conditions like this since 1980, where there were 40 straight days without precipitation from March into May. Mike Conkin, Global Weather Specialist. It has not been this dry 
since 1980. My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, joins us here now on the phone. Hi, Bruce. How are you? Hi. Oh, pretty good. How about you? Good. I missed you. It was nice having a couple weeks off, but I missed chatting with you. And uh, as I was off, you know, it went longer and longer and longer with no real rain. And as you just heard Mike Conkin say, it's been a while. When, please have some good news here for us, Bruce, when can we expect some wet weather? It looks like Thursday and Friday there are rain chances, and it clears up hopefully for the weekend. So that might be good on every level because yeah. we need the rain. And then then actually makes it safer for the weekend because then it won't be so dry. So hopefully there will be a rain Thursday, Friday, somewhere in there. And hopefully it's a, a decent rain. And right now models are showing oh, 10 or 15 millimeters, which is not a big rain, but it's certainly uh, you know fairly significant. And hopefully we'll get that. But, uh, yeah, it, that's uh, – We've been a long time, but the funny thing is we think of, okay, we've gone to, I mean, the record's 47 days, but in Vancouver, B.C., in 1951, they went 58 days Wow, without rain. Yeah. What is our record? What is our, and sorry, Bruce, what is our record for uh, length of time? 47 days in Mm. 1976. Wow. So. Yeah, it would be nice to get a little bit of, uh, be nice to get a little bit of rain, like you said, and then, you know, nice for the weekend. But I think at this point, the rain's more important. You know, I'm I'm the first guy to say, oh, I want nice weather on the weekend. But, boy, I'll tell you, I, I would take a big downpour at this point if, if we could get one. It doesn't look like that'll happen Thursday into Friday. Are you seeing any more uh, possibly larger uh, rounds of precipitation in the long-term models at all? No, I don't see any big, big downpours or anything like that, but hopefully it'll be, like I said, Thursday, Friday, maybe some relief. We'll actually get some rain, and mm-hmm. then it may be dry for a few days, and maybe we'll get into a pattern where we get another rain every so often, maybe every week or a couple times a week, which would be good, and that's good for the crops because you're not getting them washed out with uh, really heavy rain, but they're getting little rains. So it, it's good if it if we get into a pattern where it starts doing that. Yeah. You know, uh, for people that, that maybe don't know the story, uh, Bruce, uh, I've known Bruce for, from back when I did mornings here on CJOB. Uh, Bruce was actually on uh, with Larry Updike before that, and I sort of inherited Bruce, but, you know, got to know Bruce and, and love him, and he's really super accurate and stuff. He actually lives in Lancaster, Minnesota, and you work for a farmer down there. So uh, give me the, the deal on the, on the moisture with the farmers, this uh, really dry weather. I mean, it's good for seeding, I guess, but boy, if it goes on much longer, farmers aren't going to like this, are they? No, it's exactly what the farmers are saying. So when we're getting our crops in, well, it needs to rain as soon as we get them in because it's going to have to rain soon uh, because it's just too dry. I mean, the, the Every time there's a wind, like tomorrow, there's a bunch of dust. You feel like you're in the desert. Yeah, right. And, uh, I mean, if the winds get bad enough and it gets dry enough, I mean, I, I guess all that soil could blow right off the seed, eh? It, it could, yes. If if it blows that hard, it can blow off, and then you have to replant it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's hope for uh, uh, let's hope for more than what you're expecting on Thursday into Friday, as far as rain goes. A nice long weekend. You know, isn't it funny? Here we are heading into the long weekend, the May long weekend, which usually means rain around here, and we're talking about a record dry spell. It's crazy. Right. It happens every so often, and we're maybe making up for some of those years when it would rain too much for the weekend. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Bruce. I appreciate your help, pal. 
Okay, I'll talk to you later. All right, that is my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. You can find his website by going to my website. Go to halanderson.ca, halanderson.ca, and uh, you can find uh, Bruce's site there. You can link to Bruce's site there. By the way, it sounded there for a moment like somebody had mail. Uh, just so you know, I have nothing open here. So just there must be open in the newsroom or in the news booth or something. So just to let uh, you know there. Uh, how are you, by the way, uh, Jeff Forche, producer of this show? How are you? Oh, I'm good. How about yes, yourself? good. Did you enjoy Kathy? Did you have fun with Kathy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Kathy's Kathy, a lot of fun. She's a ton of fun. Yeah, she is. I uh, I heard about it. Well, I don't know what morning it was when she had the hotline in. That was Thursday. And I was on one of the many, many people who watched uh, on Facebook Live. What a what a great uh, opportunity, right? To have the three of them here in the studio, and then Keelback and you know Peter Young. That was a lot of fun. It was yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So back to the weather for a second. So anyhow, just to let you know, Jeff, I got nothing open, so we got to get that closed because it's open someplace. All right, here's um, here's the deal. Um, if you were listening to Jeff Courier's show this morning, he was at a funeral on Friday of a friend who uh, ended up trying to fight a bit of a grass fire at his cottage. And it turned on him, and he died from smoke inhalation. And uh, the family at the service uh, said, listen, uh, you know, everybody tell, and Jeff being in the broadcasting business, of course, told the story, and uh, just how fast uh, smoke inhalation can happen. And uh, when it comes to fires and fire safety, I usually go to a guy that I've known for years and years, Dave Jensen at ABC Fire and Safety. And I uh, called him up this morning and we started talking about smoke inhalation and how fast uh, that can happen. Once you get uh, smoke inhalation, it takes two to 10 minutes before you pass out or even die from smoke inhalation. So that's why it's very important when you're, you know, fighting these types of fires and stuff that you have the proper uh, protective gear. Uh, Simple things like a fire pump, respiratory protection, stuff like that. Uh, People don't really realize how fast uh, things can turn, especially if there's uh, strong winds and stuff. The winds can change very fast. And, you know, before you know it, you're in serious uh, trouble. The the fires that we had in the, the city of Winnipeg, you know, there's, some firefighters that actually got hurt fighting those grass fires as well. Yeah, and there were grass fires just up the road for me uh, again this year, just south of Winnipeg. These grass fires, uh, and listen, it's as dry as it's been around here in almost 40 years. So this is a real issue. Yes, it is a serious issue. And uh, some of the things that uh, some of the cottage uh, owners could be doing as well is uh, – purchasing fire pumps uh it's a very inexpensive piece of equipment to fight fires uh they come on a a cart you can wheel them right down to the water's edge you throw in your suction hose you fire up that pump and you can pump a lot of water through that and it will help uh fight some fires and uh, i've been noticing uh throughout the last couple months um cottage associations are getting together especially in the remote areas and uh getting together and getting a pool of money together to purchase these uh, fire pumps. And the fire pumps are very inexpensive to purchase. They vary from about $1,000 up to $5,000. So for these remote locations, these are a great uh, piece of equipment to have. Well, and a lot cheaper uh, than if a cottage goes up in smoke, right? That's right. And you can also get the uh, sprinkler adapters that you can connect to these fire pumps and you connect these uh, sprinkler heads onto your e-struss 
and you don't even have to stand around as long as that uh, fire pump's got full gas. You fire it up, and then you got sprinkler protection for your cottage as well. Are you seeing more and more people, especially this year with these dry conditions, Dave? Are you seeing them sort of uh, taking the bull by the horns and doing this stuff on their own because uh, they know that it's a bit of a distance, say, for a fire truck to get to them? They're saying to heck with it. I'm going to make sure I'm prepared. Yes, uh, we're noticing a big change. Unfortunately, whenever there's a sad situation that happens, you know, it's kind of perks up everybody's interest and everybody starts to, you know, start thinking about the worst things that can happen. So we've noticed a, a big increase in people coming into the store and purchasing this type of equipment. Well, and you do the training as well, don't you? I mean, for some fire departments even. Yeah, we do uh, We do some training um, throughout the year and stuff like that. Uh, whenever people buy a, a piece of equipment from the experts like us, um, we always give them uh, full training on all the equipment that they're using so they know how to use it properly. Have you ever seen it this dry, Dave? No, I've never seen it this dry myself. You know, um, you look at some of the fires that are even starting in the city, it's starting by trains, little sparks from the, the wheels from the trains, and that's how dry it is, and it just starts up really fast. What's your best advice for people with conditions so dry like this? I guess, obviously, don't start a fire on purpose, but to be really vigilant about making sure that their property is protected and uh, take all the precautions they can, I guess, eh? Yeah, take all the precautions you can. Make sure you got a fire extinguisher that's uh, serviced and ready to go. Make sure you got the proper firefighting equipment and uh, don't start fires. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Dave, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks, Al. You have a wonderful day. You take too. care. Bye bye. You bye. That is Dave Jeanson at ABC Fire and Safety. Interesting that the you know equipment is out there now, reasonably priced, where if you're worried about your cottage in these dry conditions and you're a ways away from the nearest fire station or, or you know, fire trucks. I mean, I find that uh, even where I live uh, in the city of Winnipeg, I'm not very uh, close to a hydrant. And I worry about it because I've got dry grass all around me. As I said, I've had some uh, grass fires around me this year and we've had them in the past. And yeah, it's, it's worrisome. So some good advice there from Dave. And of course, like I said, sort of a follow to Jeff Courier's story, his friend passing away from smoke inhalation, battling uh, a small grass fire at his cottage and just how fast that can happen. A couple of minutes, you can find yourself passing out, uh, you know, just breathing in uh, smoke. Doesn't take very much at all. We are a bit late here, so let's get going. News at 1.30 next. Hal Anderson Afternoons on CJOB. We return you to Hal Anderson. Thank you very much, Tristan Field-Jones. All right, I'm excited uh, to sit down and chat with this gentleman here. Uh, You may remember him as one of the Tims on Amazing Race Canada. Tim Haig joins us here to talk about his new book. I'll get to the book in a second, Tim. First of all, real pleasure to meet you. You are an inspiration to a lot of people, so thank you for taking some time today. Well, thank you, Hal. It's a pleasure to be here today. Yeah, really appreciate your time. We were just chatting off air, and I want you to carry on with what you were just saying. You kind of backed <laughs> into this, you know. No, you didn't. You didn't plan on this, but boy, has it turned into a ride, eh? Oh my goodness! You know what? I go back to my colleagues in high school, back in Turner High School in Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah, not the best part of town. Mm-hmm. And they all—they're—they're they're still picking their jaws up off the ground mm-hmm. that this kid from Turner could have accomplished this. Yeah. And I do in many ways feel like I've backed into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am just grateful every day. Uh, I, I'm looking for ways to give back. 
yeah. because it, it just feels like a lot. I mm-hmm. feel like I've really been given a lot, and I'm so very grateful for it. Yeah. You mentioned uh, growing up in Texas. When, when did you move here from Texas? Well, I was born in Texas, was raised in Kansas, and I've lived in Winnipeg now 28 years. Okay. But but I guess my point is you were you were growing up in the States yeah. as, a, as, a, as, you, as the back of the book says, a mixed-race baby. That's right. Um, which offers all kinds of challenges on its own, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a fascinating. Uh, it, it was fascinating growing up in the 70s, 80s in the States. I mean, and as I say in the book, it was very much a black and white world. Mm. Uh, I was always a little too white for the black man's daughter, yep. a little too black for the white man's daughter, right. and the wrong shade of brown for the Latino man's daughter. Mm. So it was always, you, you never quite fit anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Did you fit when you came to Canada? Was the fit better here? Much better. Yeah, much better. I hear that from from all kinds of people. Uh, you know, mixed race mm-hmm. like that that come here. It's not near as uh, as challenging here no. as it is in the states. You no. know, I mean, we've got our struggles. Sure, we're not, we're not absolutely perfect in Canada. Yeah, yeah. But my experience has been mm-hmm. night and day. Yeah, night and day. If I had to choose, if somebody said you have to pick one place in the world where you're going to have your kids raised, if you're going to have to pick Canada or the states, it'd mm-hmm. be Canada. Yeah, from a from a race standpoint, and then uh, at forty six, you find out you've got Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it wasn't long after that you ended up with your son Tim, Tim Junior, yeah. on Amazing Race Canada, went on to win that. How good can life be, right? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. We I had been diagnosed for a year with my Parkinson's disease when I found out that I was going to go on the Amazing Race. And then that next year was absolutely consumed with the race. Mm-hmm. And now here we are seven years post-diagnosis and five years post the race. And how are you doing? How, how is Parkinson's? How is, uh, how is Tim and, and Parkinson's seven years out? Yeah, that's always a hard question to answer, Hal. It takes a long time sometimes to answer. I often say I'm the healthiest guy I know with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in many ways fine. But I still have Parkinson's. Uh, Parkinson's is worse today than it was seven years ago. Uh, Seven years ago, I was nursing. Today, I'm not. Uh, My joke with that is, is that people got real nervous seeing me come at them with a needle and my handshake. (laughs) (laughs) How important is that, keeping a sense of humor through all this? For me, it's very important because I've got to be able to laugh at Parkinson's. You got to be able to beat it up and make fun of it and, and in some ways enjoy it, if you, if you can understand that piece. Just, and for me, it's poking at it. Mm. making fun of it, yeah. making light of it. But knowing that at the end of the day, it's very serious. Mm-hmm. I, I still tell people there's not a day that I've woken up in the last seven years that I've ever woke up and said, boy, am I happy I have Parkinson's. Right. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I do think you have to have fun. You got to smile. You got to remember yeah. that I Parkinson's has given me far more to date than right. it's taken. Yeah. It, it's a part of you now, right? It is a part of my life. It's mm-hmm. a part of the mosaic of, of who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you write the book, Perseverance, and boy, that's a great title for you. Uh, Perseverance, the seven skills you need to survive, thrive, and accomplish more than you ever imagined. And the book is very new. Just came out a week ago, right? Came out on the 8th, and tomorrow night at McNally Robinson at Grant Park is the official launch. We had the soft launch last week in Toronto. Yeah. 
the official launch in Winnipeg is tomorrow night at Grant, Grant Park. Excellent. Now, and what time is that at tomorrow 7 night? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. And you want lots of people to come out. You're oh, going to be there to sign copies and take pictures. I would be thrilled and, if yeah. people would come celebrate. My family's going to be there. They promised to show up, so I know somebody's going to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. But it'd be great to have the Parkinson's community come yeah. out. It'd be great to have... Uh, Folks who are fans of the race to come out, Tim mm-hmm. Jr. will be there. Good. And we're just going to have a good time. Yeah. Would you ever do another show like that again? No. No, eh? No. No. I figure you you won. Yeah. You came out on top. Right. And I, I honestly don't know if I could get through it. No. Mm-hmm. It yeah. would be tough. Mm-hmm. My Parkinson's is at a point now where people often see me and they say, well, you look really good. Yeah. Well, you know, we generally comb our hair, brush mm-hmm. our teeth, and tidy yeah. ourselves up when we go yeah. out. But most days with Parkinson's are pretty, are tough, tougher yeah. than what they were then. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd, I'd do that again. Boy, timing in life, timing is so much, eh? So important, hey? Yeah. Yeah. So important. You know, that you would be diagnosed, but yet still be strong enough and able enough to to do the Amazing Race mm-hmm. Canada and be remembered for that. And because, I mean, that, you know, has allowed you to write a book that a lot of people That's are right. going to read and. Right. Yeah, just uh, a really wonderful story. So many challenges for you, and I understand that, and I respect that you've taken those challenges on head head on, and and now written a book that I think will help a lot of people. But boy, what a roller coaster ride! What a roller coaster ride! And I really do hope that the book and our our charity that we run, U Turn Parkinson's, I hope that it is a help and an encouragement to people, mm-hmm. not only living with Parkinson's but any chronic disease, any yeah. struggle in life. There are so many things that we face that. Oftentimes we get to our kind of our wits end and we're not sure where else to go. Mm-hmm. I hope that perseverance shows folks that there is a next step that can be taken. Yeah. There is a, a way out. Mm-hmm. Talk a bit about your charity. You mentioned your charity. Mm-hmm. Tell me a bit about it. U-Turn Parkinson's. It is a uh, charity for the Parkinson's. The U-Turn, of course, is the amazing, ra- amazing race Thank reference. Thank you for yeah. that. Yes, yeah. people often ask me, where'd you get that crazy name? Yeah. Well, it's U-Turn. In, yeah. in the race... The U-turn is there to help slow down another team mm-hmm. and or eliminate them from the race. With Parkinson's, our hope is to slow the disease and ultimately eliminate it from life. Love it. Thus, U-turn Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. But we are a, um, a charity whose goal is to help people with Parkinson's live their best yeah. through the practice of wellness. Uh, we believe that while there is great hope for a cure one day, we know that today there are many, many things that we can do that helps us live better, reduce our symptoms, and function better in life. Mm-hmm. And so that's our goal. We work around six uh, holistic pieces to the person, the physical, the occupational, the intellectual, the social, the spiritual, the emotional. We want to target those areas in helping people live well with this disease as long as I live or until the day comes along that we have a cure. Mm-hmm. What's next for you now? I mean, you know, you've been through all this that we've talked a bit about. I mean, but you know, 10 or 15 minutes here, it doesn't do it justice, but we're, we're doing our best in trying to, you know, at least tell some of the story as we go along here. But now what? The book's out, you promote the book, and then hopefully it does really well, helps a lot of people. You've got the charity. Is that a main focus, I would imagine? Yeah, charity's yeah. A, charity is a big focus. Uh, we're we're looking at what our next steps are with that to take it forward because we're running boxing programs, we're running yoga programs, we're looking at starting a choir for the group. We do a variety of things in that, and there's much more that we want to do with that. So mm-hmm. there's lots of time to be spent there. Want to promote the book? I do a lot of speaking as well. I yeah. speak across North America. I really really enjoy that, and I find that this story 
it uh, it resonates on so many different planes. Yes, I'll speak to corporate groups, uh, any variety of corporate group, groups that I've spoken to, health associations across the states, nurses unions, Parkinson's groups, uh, Chevy dealers, mm. you name it. Yeah. I've spoken for it. Uh, pharmaceuticals around the world, and. Um, I hope that the speaking carries on because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, I really, really enjoy that. So those are my three things, the, yeah. part, the, the charity, the book, the speaking. And uh, I feel like in many ways I'm living the dream. Yeah, you, you are because, you know, I think the speaking, it's funny to hear you say, I hope it continues because there's no doubt it will continue. Oh, but, uh, but I think because you have such an amazing story to tell. Well, it's it, not it's not unusual. There are a lot of other yeah. stories like yours out there, but it, it just the timing of of everything in this in the show and just, you yeah. know, when you look at how everything came together, it's it's amazing. Mm. Um, a mom who found herself, you know, a 20 year old white girl who found finds herself pregnant with an older by an older black man. But she made for adoption because she had to. I know that story and that's fine. Yeah. Adopted by a white set of parents. Who not only adopted me, but five more like me, mm. given the chance at life, allowed to grow up, become a nurse, have a very good um, income, yep. meet a wonderful girl from Canada. Start a great family. Start a great family. Four mm. kids, wonderful daughter-in-law, great daughter, granddaughter. Um, God's greatest gift to mankind, let me tell you right there. Boy, you do not. I'll tell you, Tim, you do not look like you should be a grandfather. Well, you do not look like a grandfather <laughs> with Parkinson's. I'm telling you, you look great. You really well, thank do. thank you. Yeah. And you know what? To right this moment, I feel great. Mm. I do. But you start lining all those things up and you throw the amazing race in there. You throw this opportunity of a book in there. And it's, I've been blessed. Yeah. And so the goal is to to help give back some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is uh, Perseverance, The Seven Skills You Need to Survive, Thrive, and Accomplish More Than You Ever Imagined. And um, there's a line in the book here. It's sort of, the, I guess, the the point of the book is live your best. That's, That's right. kind of your philosophy, right? right? Live your best. And then uh, there are a few. I don't want to give it all away because we want people mm-hmm. to buy the book. But, for example, find community. Yeah. Explain that. Find community. Community has been a huge piece for me. Mm. When I was diagnosed with Parkinson's at 46, I didn't know anybody else my age with Parkinson's. Yeah. I had been a nurse for 20, almost 20 years at the time. And I knew Parkinson's as an older man's disease. Typically men have it more often than women. And I didn't know anybody in their forties with mm. Parkinson's. So it made a huge difference to me when I got involved in the wider Parkinson's community and started discovering that there were, not lots of us, but a, a big community of folks in their 40s and 50s, some in their 30s, who've been diagnosed with Parkinson's and who could understand what I'm going through now. Because you still have small kids at home. You still have kids to get through university. You're still working. You're not retired. You don't have a big pension saved up. you got to keep going. And um, there's lots of us out there like that, that now we understand each other. You have somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have somebody who gets what it's like to have a 15-year-old and have Parkinson's disease. Yeah. And that, that was so important for me and doing as well as I have. And then, of course, communities, my wife and kids and church mm-hmm. community and all the other things that make up the important parts of my life. Yeah. And so that's what I encourage people with. Find your community. Mm-hmm. Find those people who get you, will understand you, and can help feed into your life and make room for you to feed into theirs. Mm-hmm. 
We're just about out of time. I want to talk one more, and then we'll let people buy the book for the other five, All okay? Right. But another one of the seven here, cease striving. And I thought that was sort of interesting because <laughs> I think we're brought up to go for it, like work yep. hard, you know, but you say yes, but to a point. Yes, to a point. When we were on The Amazing Race, we discovered in leg three, that first non-elimination leg that we hit, that we had come into the race striving. And striving, I define as that freaked out, stressed out way of thinking that says, by God, I am going to make this thing happen no matter what it takes. Mm -hmm. And we were utterly failing at it. And we had to shift our focus. It wasn't about not doing our best. We still wanted to get up every single day and do our absolute best. But realizing that there were certain limitations placed on us, that I still had Parkinson's, that it was going to impact my world. And that there are certain things that we cannot change, but that we can nonetheless be our best within that moment. And how our best, as ugly as it was, so many days, was good enough. Yeah. (laughs) It was good enough to take home a championship. And nobody would have ever thought it. Mm -hmm. Nobody would have ever thought it. Yeah. So I tell people with Parkinson's, yeah, we have ugly days. Mm. Who knows yeah. what championship is waiting for us? Right. Who knows what win is waiting if we will just stay in our race, do our best, mm-hmm. persevere. Yeah. Have goals, but have fun. That's right. Yeah. Have goals, have fun. And so many folks within the Parkinson's community say, I'm going to ignore my Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Parkinson's is not going to slow me down. Mm-hmm. It's not going to, well, good luck with that. Yeah. Because I know Parkinson's has slowed me down, mm-hmm. but I can still do a lot. And I'm going to still do a lot. I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to find out what that next win is. Tim Haig, great to meet you finally. And uh, best of luck with everything. The book, obviously, is the focus right now. McNally Robinson Grand Park tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Get out there and and, uh, say hi to Tim and the family and get the book. He'll sign it, take pictures, all that kind of stuff. Really, all the best. Continued uh, success and uh and uh, just really uh, proud that you're a winner. We didn't even talk about Winnipeg, but oh, yeah. but don't ever forget Winnipeg. And I don't sense oh, no. you. I don't sense you're that guy because oh, no. you're always available and always uh, out there. Every time I you look bet. around, you're there. So, so two thoughts on Winnipeg. Thank you, Jets, for not having Game Two on my book launch night. <laughs> there you go. Yes. And go Jets, go. Go Jets, go. <laughs> Tim Haig, thank you very much. Thanks, Hal. All the best. Quick break, and we're back. Hal and CJOB. Welcome back, Hal Anderson on CJOB, and look at this, my first day back, and he joins me here live in studio, Mr. Bob Irving. How have the travels been, sir? Well, they've been great, Hal. Who gave you the green light to take time off, by the way? I know, You're eh? the seven-day-a-week guy around here. Listen, I heard you were gone for two weeks. I said, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, what's going wait, on? Wait a minute. What's the we real story keep this here? guy to the grindstone Yeah, here. yeah, <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, I'm back, and I'm rested, and I'm yeah. ready to go. Good. Listen, let's talk a little Jets in a second, because, I mean, this is exciting. You know, oh. I've been... I've been following yeah. you on Twitter, Bob, as always, and and this is a lot of fun. But I think football fans are starting to get excited about the Bombers. Yeah. And then while I'm off, I find out that Durant is out. What's going on? Well, it's quite a soap opera with Durant, uh, Hal, just to sum it up as quickly as I can. I guess just before their mini camp, which was a month ago, right. uh, he let the club know that he was kind of reconsidering whether or not he wanted to play again this year. Uh, but he didn't give them any sort of final answer. And then just a few days ago, 
he put on his website that he was retiring. Yeah. And he hadn't even contacted the Bombers on a personal level to wow. let them know first. And then this business of the $70,000 signing bonus he got in January came up, uh, whether or not he might give it back. And mm. he said, no, I'm not giving it back. And then he said, I deserve it. I don't blame him for not giving it back. But when he says, I deserve it, yeah. that's what, that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit. On what basis do you deserve it? Yeah. And I know players get cut before their due bonuses, mm-hmm. so it works both ways. Yeah, sure it does. But yep. just to say, I deserve it. Well, you know, if he'd have said, no, I'm going to keep the money. That's, you know, this is business. Yeah. It's that's a the deal. Business. It's a it's signing, it's yeah. a signing bonus. Yeah. I did sign. Yeah. But I deserve it. Yeah. yeah. I don't mm. know about that. And so what are we mm. going to do now? Because, listen, Matt Nichols mm. is the man. No yeah. question about it, right? But here yeah. we are again, Bob. We're in a situation where if Matt goes down, and yeah. it's happened, yeah. if Matt goes down, now what? Well, we keep our fingers crossed, Hal. How about that? <laughs> that, well, that doesn't happen. No, fans remember what happened when he got hurt last year. Yeah. And the backup quarterback situation wasn't very strong, and mm. the team suffered. Um, they've, and it's the same scenario now where you've got Alex Ross, the young guy who played a couple of games in BC last year. We don't know a lot about him. He had a terrific uh, college career. The Bombers do like him, though. Mm. They think he's got some upside. And then a couple of other younger guys that they've signed, again, uh, that they like, but they have no experience, basically. They've you know done nothing at the pro level. Mm. And so it leaves them... Very thin at the backup quarterback position, and that's why the signing of Durant seemed like such a great move. Right. But now that he's gone, they're just going to have to forge ahead with the way things are. They don't have a lot of choices, Hal. There's really nobody out there. Mm. There's just nobody out there, yeah. a veteran quarterback who's played some games in the CFL who you could reach out to and bring in. Mm. So I talked to Mike O'Shea about it the other day, and he said, hey, you know, we're just going yeah. to move forward. Of course, Mike's always ultra positive, and he said, mm. we'll make it work. And yeah. I like some of these young guys, so let's go. Yeah. And I guess that could change, right? A name out there it could yeah. pop up. but Well, I don't know. I suppose they could try to trade for somebody on a current roster who's, again, got some experience. Uh, but based on what Michael Shea told me, uh, you know, he wasn't in a hurry to do hmm. that. We'll see. I guess as yeah. camp goes along and they get a closer look at these young guys and a better feel for what they can do, then their whole approach to the backup situation could change. Yeah. Well, and camp's right around the corner, so set that up for us. Well, rookie camp starts on Wednesday afternoon at Investors Group Field. Everything is over at Investors Group Field. Uh, they go for two days, or three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Medicals on Saturday for for the vets, for everybody. And then main camp opens on Sunday, the 20th of May. Mm. And the first preseason game is June 1st. Yeah. That's right around the corner. I two know. weeks, basically two weeks, first preseason game. And you're on your way for your uh, last golf game before football. <laughs> season. <laughs> when football starts, it's hard to wedge yeah. those golf games in because it takes about four and a half hours to play golf, yeah. half an hour to get there, half an hour to get home. You need a six-hour window, and I don't get a lot yeah. of those. Well, I don't want you to be late, so one final question. <laughs> just give me your thoughts on the Jets. I mean, this has just been an amazing run. It really has, and they've got the city fired up, pal, in a way that we haven't seen for a long time, maybe ever, mm. really, when yep. you think about it. I mean, here's a team that's got a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Are you kidding me? We're three me? wins away from being in the it, final the final seven wins from the cup i'm not that surprised and i don't want to make it sound like i told you so but i've been saying since early middle part of the season when you could see how good hellebuck was i said hey these guys are for real got tremendous talent skill speed goaltending 
They score. They defend. I mean, halfway through the year, we go, wait a minute. This is not a fluke. These yeah. guys are good. Mm-hmm. They are really good. Yeah. And now that they've disposed of Nashville, I, I said before the Vegas series started, they'd win it in five. I still believe that. Mm-hmm. Looks like Washington's going to win the other side. Washington's very good. I think it wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be an amazing Washington final? Wow. final? I'd love to say, let's not put the cart before no. the old horse because no, no. the Vegas Knights will have something to say about yeah. it. But I expect the Jets to win this series and be in the yeah. final. How about that? Crazy. Bob, yeah. have a great game. Okay, Hal, thanks. Bob Irving joining us here. The news with TFJ is coming up here at 2 o'clock, and then we're going to talk about Canada Road Safety Week. Hal Anderson on CJOB. It's May 14th, the greatest day ever. On the 14th of May, 1984, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg is born. Oops, sorry, Mark. I just shared your personal information. Now, how did that happen? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do you like them apples, Harvard boy? Have a great May 14th, the greatest day ever. Man, May 14th, I can't believe we're halfway, almost halfway through the month of May. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So uh, this morning, of course, I, I wake up anxious to get back to work after a couple of weeks off, and I'm, I'm up early, and I'm listening to Mackling and McGarry, which if you don't do that every morning, you should do that, right? 6 to 10 a.m., Mackling and McGarry. I call them M&M. And they had on this morning Brian Smiley from MPI. And Brian was in uh, to talk with the boys, M&M, because tomorrow is the start of Canada Road Safety Week. And we are not off to a very good start this year, according to Brian Smiley. Well, 2018 right now is going to be a real bad year on our roads for fatalities. Right now we have 23 people killed on our, on our Manitoba public roadways, and, and that's double from what we had last year. And that's so 44% higher than the average over the last five years. So that's why we're on today. That's why we're raising awareness about this. This is, uh, this is people being killed on our roadways. Uh, again, it's the same old stuff we're seeing out here. People not doing up the seatbelts. Uh, they're intoxicated. They're speeding. And again, the, we have to get the messages out for people to start taking accountability for their driving actions. It's really that simple now. MPI's Brian Smiley on this morning with Mackling and McGarry. And he said it's the same old stuff. I mean, this is pretty simple stuff. We just got to do it, right? For example... Brian Smiley went on to comment on, especially in rural areas, the fact that people just, a lot of people just aren't putting on their seatbelt. They're not clicking their seatbelt on, especially, again, in rural areas, according to Smiley. A lot of people aren't doing up their seatbelts. And obviously with the higher speeds, gravel roads, deeper ditches, if they go off that road, that vehicle is going to roll. And if you're not buckled in, you're going to either be thrown out of the vehicle and, and the vehicle will roll on you or you'll be thrown out of the vehicle and you'll hit something and you'll be killed. And we're seeing that. And it's, it's unfortunate. You just scratch your head and you go, seatbelt? It takes one second to do your seatbelt up. We're still seeing impaired driving out there. Uh, again, alcohol, and we've talked about that many times. But, you know, when we look at the numbers, we kind of scratch our heads and we're going to go, you know what, now it's up to the drivers. The drivers have to start taking some accountability here. It's a three-pronged approach to try to change driver behavior. Education and awareness, and that's where Manitoba Public Insurance comes in. And then the third component is law enforcement. And we have we have very strong partnerships with the law, uh, law enforcement agencies in Manitoba. Just very recently, as you folks have talked about, we had a dedicated distracted driving campaign in April. That was with nine police agencies. They handed out hundreds of tickets for people who were driving distracted. 
contracted. We're going to have another campaign in July and another one in the fall. So again, those campaigns are very effective. We're going to be launching uh, during the May long weekend. It's called Road Watch. We've done that for about 20 years. And that's a dedicated anti-drinking and driving campaign. That's where you're going to see roadside checks. And again, that's with police agencies throughout the province. And again, MPI will fund those. Once again, Brian Smiley, Manitoba Public Insurance, on this morning with Mackling and McGarry here on CJOB. Uh, getting ready for a break here. I think we've got enough time to do the birthdays. We mentioned Mark Zuckerberg having a birthday today. Facebook founder is 34. Sophia Coppola, director, 47. Obviously a very famous family there. Danny Wood, New Kids on the Block, 49. Can you believe that? One of the members of the New Kids on the Block, almost 50, 49 today. Kate Blanchett, I like her in everything she does. She's amazing, 49. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, another director having a birthday today, 67. George Lucas, that's a big one, 74 today. Of course, the man responsible for Star Wars. And one last one here as we head to a break. Mike Inez from Alice in Chains. This takes me back to my Power 97 days. This was one of the ones we played a lot back in the day on Power 97, Rooster. As we head to a break, Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. It's 209 now. very exciting. We're just over an hour away from making a very important phone call. Somebody after the news with Tristan Field Jones at 3.30 is going to get a phone call and win a $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. We're calling it Hal's Kitchen. Somebody will win Hal's Kitchen. For the past several weeks, we've been giving away $100 gift cards for Kitchens Today and qualifying people for that. So let's do it one last time. $100 Kitchens Today gift card and... We're going to throw in some Santa Lucia pizza. And if you get our tough trivia question correct, 
You get the $100 gift card. You're in for the big draw coming up in just over an hour from now. And the Santa Lucia pizza. All right, here's the question. 204-780-6868. And I see that you already have the phone lines jammed, but keep trying. 204-780-6868. Haven't even asked the question yet. Here it is. Research shows doing this makes someone look 2% more attractive. (laughs) What is it? Only 2%. But if you do this, uh, apparently it's it's not male or female at all. It says research shows doing this makes someone, anyone, 2% more attractive. Look, 2% more attractive. What could that be? 204-780-6868. But it's legit. It says research shows. This makes someone look 2% more attractive. What would that be? 204 780 6868 $100 gift card kitchens today. You're in the running for House Kitchen. That $5,000 makeover we're drawing for here in just over an hour. And some Santa Lucia pizza as well. Hello there. Have you got a guess? Yeah, getting a haircut. Not getting a haircut. Good guess, though. Hi, CJOB. Hi. How about taking a shower or cleanliness? Yes, that always works. But uh, not the answer we're looking for, no. Hi, CJOB. Smiling. Smiling. That's a good guess, but no, not smiling, not what we're looking for. Sorry about that. Hi, CJOB. Hello. Hi. Oh, boy, that's a tough one. It today. is a tough uh, one. That's why it's called yeah, Tough Trivia. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, how about uh, combing your hair? Combing your hair. Good guess, but no, not combing your hair. Research shows doing this makes someone look 2% more attractive. What is it? Hi. Hi. Standing up taller. Stand up straight. I just got my picture taken. Uh, with Tim Haig, who's got his new book out, Perseverance, and I, I caught myself after the first picture, and I stood up nice and straight for the second one, but no, not the uh, uh, not the answer we're looking for. Sorry, after that big, long story of mine that nobody really cares to hear. Hi, CJOB. Uh, pluck your eyebrows. Pluck your, eyebrow, pluck your eyebrows, yes. Well, it's 2%, right? I mean, it can't be anything super significant. It's only going to make you look 2% more attractive. Hello? Hi there. Could it be manicured fingernails? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. Let me give you a bit of a hint. It, it's nothing to do with you. It's, it's what's around you. Okay? So you're not going to get 2% more attractive by doing anything to you. It's something around you that makes you more attractive. Is that a help at all? I don't know. 204-780-6868. Hi, have you got a guess? Yeah, uh, is it laughing? Not laughing, no. And again, the hint, it's about uh, something happening around you. Something not so much about you, it's around you. Hi. Hi, are you talking to me? Yes, I am. How about the vehicle you drive? The vehicle you drive. Yeah, that's a good guess. It was funny there when you weren't sure I was talking to you. You go, you talking to me? I should have went, you you talking to me? You talking to me? You talking? No, not the uh, correct answer, though. Thank you. Hi, CJOB. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's your guess? This surroundings around you. Yeah, something about uh, yeah, something around you makes you look more attractive. Two percent more attractive. What would that be? A clean home. A clean home. A clean, a clean home. Car. No, not yes. what we're looking for. Sorry. Hi, CJOB. Hi. Yeah. Uh, having a pet. Having a pet. That's a good guess, but not what we're looking for. No. Hi, CJOB. Yeah, I was going to say nice house. Nice house. Yeah, no, not the correct answer. Hello, CJOB. 
Yeah, uh, holding a door open for a woman. Holding a door open, that's a nice thing to do, but not the correct answer of our question. No, hi, CJOB. Hello. Hi. Hi. What about, what about having uh, your kids or having being around kids? No, kids around you, although you're you're kind of on the right track. It has nothing to do with kids, but stump, something around you makes you look more attractive. Hi, CJOB. Hi, is it um, weather? No, no, not weather. Hi, CJOB. Hi there. Hi. What's your guess? Um, my guess uh, would be to, uh, if uh, someone were seeing you do a good thing. Like, no, no, not the uh, correct answers. We're, we're, I think we're really close to getting somebody here. That's why I'm trying to rush it along. Hi, CJOB. Hello. Hi, have you got a guess quickly? Sunglasses? No, not sunglasses. Hi, CJOB. Hello. Is it surrounding yourself with ugly people? You know what? I'm going to give it to you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Although, and I can hear that evil laugh of yours as you give that answer. No, it's not surrounding yourself with ugly people. It's just surrounding yourself by other people. Oh. Just any other any other people around you, according to research, makes you look 2% more attractive. So what does that say? I guess it says they're uglier than you, so that's why I gave it to you. So there you well, go. Thank you. You got the $100 gift card for Kitchens today. You are now in the running to win Hal's Kitchen, which we're giving away in just over an hour, that $5,000 kitchen makeover. And you've got some Santa Lucia pizza as well. What's your name? Uh, Lindsay. Lindsay. Thank you for playing yeah. along. I'm going to put you on hold while you get you all uh, signed up for that, okay? Thank you. All right, there. That is Lindsay, our final qualifier. And again, after the news at 3.30, we will call the winner and give away Hal's Kitchen, $5,000 kitchen makeover from Dale and Chris and everybody over at Kitchens today. That really is a great place. If you're getting kitchen work done, if you don't if you don't win Hal's Kitchen and you're getting some kitchen work done, they're the people to call. No doubt about it, all right? By the way, uh, we did birthdays today, in case you care, and I always like to look at this list. I know... Maybe most of you don't, but I like to take a look at what today is, right? They got a day for everything now. Today is Accountants Day or Accounting Day. I got to get myself a new accountant, by the way. That's what I should have been doing on my time off. I should have been getting my taxes and stuff ready. I didn't. Uh, It's Accountants Day or Accounting Day today. Uh, It's Dance Like a Chicken Day today. Dance Like a Chicken today. They say dance like no one's watching, right? But no, it's dance like a chicken day today. And it's women's checkup day today. Women's checkup day as well today. Uh, what else? Today, May 14th. As I said, I can't believe we're only almost halfway through the month of May. May 14th, on this day in 1796, an English doctor administered the first vaccination against smallpox on this day in 1796. 1973, the U.S. launched Skylab. Remember that? Remember Skylab, the first unmanned space station? Michael Jackson on this day in 1985 got a humanitarian award from President Ronald Reagan at the White House. And then, of course, we went on to find out that uh, he maybe wasn't the guy we thought he was, eh? But still incredibly talented artist, no question about that. Oh, uh, coming up after the news at 2.30 here, we're going to talk with one of the couch potatoes, Jeff Braun. 
20 years ago today, the final episode of Seinfeld aired um, after nine years on TV. 20 years ago. That was in 1998. But it was also the final airing on this day in 1989 of Moonlighting. That was a big show back in the day, right? 1998, Seinfeld, final episode of Seinfeld, like I said. But uh, you know what else happened in 98 on this day? Frank Sinatra passed away at the age of 82. In 2013, Angelina Jolie announced she underwent elective double mastectomy surgery because of her family. She carried that gene, and she had a history in her family of breast cancer, and so she had that elective double mastectomy. And maybe we'll play some B.B. King later because it was on this day in 2015 that the blues great, the guitarist and singer-songwriter, died at the age of 89. So we lost a couple of big ones on this day. In 98, it was Frank Sinatra. In 15, 2015, it was B.B. King. So there you go. Tristan Field-Jones is standing by. The news at 2.30 is coming right up, and I mentioned... Uh, We're going to talk about that uh, Seinfeld finale anniversary, 20th anniversary, with Jeff Braun after the news. And also, we're hoping to get Bonnie Bricker on at some point, reaction to that Virgo report. Hopefully, she can join us next half hour or maybe after 3 o'clock. It just kind of depends. We're waiting to find out. So, lots still on the way. Hal Anderson Afternoons on CJOB. There it is, the theme from Seinfeld. It was heard on television for the last time 20 years ago today. And one of the couch potatoes, Jeff Braun, is here to talk about it. Big Seinfeld fan. Absolutely. I got a black yeah. armband on today <laughs> in remembrance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, holding a vigil tonight. No, it's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, with them bringing all these sitcoms back now, Roseanne's the latest that's having huge success. you got to leave Seinfeld alone, right? Don't do it. Yeah. He has said, he, he, he didn't just, he was on Ellen and she's like, what yeah. about th- th- coming back? And he's, mm. he sort of gave a never say never kind of an answer, Uh-oh. but I don't think he wants to do it for a second. He's, no. he's too smart. There's just, well, and he shut it down no before way. he had to, right? Yeah. Even if it w- came back and it were good, mm. it won't be as good as it was. No. There's just no way. It never is. No. It's like that girlfriend. Here's the analogy <laughs> I'll use. <laughs> yeah. You use it. I'm not going <laughs> to use it. It's like the girlfriend that you go, you go back. There's a reason it didn't work out yeah, the first yeah, time, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. You go back and usually it's like, oh, you re- you go back because you remember the fun times and the good times, but then when you get there, it's it's never as good as it was. And do you think Julia Louis-Dreyfus needs that? No. She is the lead in a yeah. show that she consistently wins Emmys for. She's not right. going back to Now, cool. would you bring it back, maybe not on a weekly basis, would you do some sort of a reunion show or a yeah. movie? Or a movie, maybe. That, a movie, a Seinfeld movie could make a lot of money it could it would make a lot of money and i would go see it and even yeah. if it were bad i would buy it yeah. but i i just leave, leave it alone. leave it alone it yeah. was it was you know 9 years mm-hmm. of just wonder wonderness just yeah. let it be well and it's now called pulling a seinfeld somebody that walks away from something great before it's yeah. dead before it's dead right it's the guy that timing he's pulling a seinfeld he's leaving before he has to yeah leaving while he's on top exactly yeah why not yeah Favorite episode of all time? Oh, so hard. I know. But I always, my, my stock answer is the big salad. 
Do you remember yeah, that one? Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and was, that I, was also I, the OJ one, where yes. they did the, Kramer got into the OJ situation. Yeah. Or the... And I should explain, while you are a big <laughs> Seinfeld fan, I always thought the show was great, yep. but I was never a diehard Seinfeld. Appointment uh, viewing? No, not even appointment viewing for me. And I feel terrible about uh, that right. now, but th- at the time, I didn't realize what it was. I... I had anxiety on a weekly basis really because remember those were the days where if you missed it you missed it mm. and so i'd have vcrs set up i'd have one for sure maybe two going yeah and uh it was not uncommon for me to turn off the phone when it, seinfeld was on wow i i hate to admit this yeah i cut short a visit to a dear friend of mine who was in rough shape in a hospital oh no i said He's like, I'd been there for 20 minutes. He's like, you want to play cards or something? I was like, I got to go. I got to go. He goes, why? He goes, Seinfeld's coming on. <laughs> Did you tell? You actually told I him I said that. that. He goes, and he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, you just got here. <laughs> You're the only visitor I've had today. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll come back tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow after Seinfeld yeah. tonight. Yeah. Well, here's the question then. Let's put it out there while we've got Jeff here. 204-780-6868. You can text or call that number. Hal at cjob.com. Favorite Seinfeld episode, and should they bring it back in some form or another? Yes or no? 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. I didn't have a favorite episode, but there were moments in episodes yep. uh, that I remember. And I there was one, I don't know why, I found <laughs> it so funny. It's when Kramer got the new jeans and they, they were really super tight. <laughs> and he couldn't and he, get them off. And he couldn't get them off and he walked around like he was like Frankenstein. Cut, yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. That I remember that as being Squinch your hips. <laughs> I am squinching my hips. <laughs> I remember that as being a very funny moment. And then like what, there's so many things about that show that have gone on to be, you know, great television uh, I don't know what's the word, happenings or you know like Kramer's entrance into into a room. Yep. You know uh, what are some other things they about added, Seinfeld? Uh, yada yada, close talker, yeah. re-gifter. Right. The words we use in everyday, you know, conversation that yeah. came up on Seinfeld. I think the secret of the success of Seinfeld was it was, it, you know, I joke around about my radio shows being about nothing. It's yeah. a show about nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't they say that about Seinfeld? That was, the that show was, about Yeah, the nothing. show about nothing. But yeah. the truth was it was the show about everything. Well, yeah, and it was about things in our daily lives. Absolutely. And I think that's yeah. why it was so relatable, right? Almost every story was a true story in some form of, yeah. of one of the, the writers or the creators yeah. or that sort of yeah. thing. So, yeah. Greatest show ever on television? For my money, it still is. It yeah. really is, yeah. Yeah. I've said this before when we've talked on the air about shows coming back and, you know, doing the reboots and stuff. I don't think you do a reboot of Seinfeld, for example. MASH would be another one. How do you ever improve on that? Uh, you know, there's just some shows I think you just leave them alone. Yeah. I would, oh, I like to think, it probably would not be great though, but I, I, I wouldn't mind if they did came brought Cheers back. I've heard more than one person. Maybe we talked about yeah. that, but I've heard other people say that as well. I think maybe because that was kind of a lighthearted uh, yeah, you know, it was. Yeah, it was just a bring hang- that back. That's okay. It was a hangout show with yeah. no particular plot or yeah. anything. Whereas Seinfeld, right? I mean, just people were diehard fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just a big deal. Two zero four seven eighty sixty eight sixty eight. Hal at cjob dot com. Um, favorite Seinfeld episode, and would you ever, in some form or another, bring back Seinfeld, or do you just uh, let it rest in peace? Jeff Braun, one of the Couch Potatoes here. Don't forget, the Couch Potatoes, every Saturday at noon, Sunday at 6, and of course, they got the podcast, iTunes, Google Play. Check them out at cjob.com as well. Jeff, thank you, buddy. You bet. Did you see what just happened here? <laughs> well, that all depends. <laughs>
Did you happen to notice that Julie handed the big salad to Elaine? Yeah, so? Well, she didn't buy the big salad. I bought the big salad. <laughs> is that a fact? Yes, it is. She just took credit for my salad. <laughs> That's not right. No, it isn't. I mean, I'm the one that bought it. Yes, you did. Don't you think she should have said something? She could have. Oh, I know. There you go, a clip from... The big salad episode of Seinfeld. So, 204-780-6868. Bring it back, favorite episode. Yes or no, bring it back or favorite episode. I am a hard no. Don't bring it back. Mm-mm, don't do it. Favorite episode, 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. Let's uh, get to your text messages in a moment, but we'll start with Darcy on the phone, 204-780-6868. Hey, Darcy. Hey, hi. What do you think? Seinfeld, 20th anniversary of the finale today. Bring it back. Yes, no, favorite episode? Um, I say leave it alone. Uh, it's my favorite show of all time. When, uh, when I'm flipping through the guide and Seinfeld's on, it's a relief. There's not even a choice to be made. That's yeah. what I'm watching. Yeah. Leave it alone. And so favorite episode, or, or could you pick one? Uh, I don't know what the name of the episode is, but it's the one where uh, George suspects that his girlfriend is going to the bathroom to throw up after after <laughs> uh, after meals. Yeah, right. And yes. uh, I, th- I, th- I think it's Jerry that says, yeah, so you're a little concerned. And George says, yeah, I'm paying for these meals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Darcy. That's great. Text messages here. Um, don't bring it back. Uh, that's just big capital letters. Don't bring it back. Somebody else here saying the soup Nazi, Hal, best episode. When you think about Seinfeld on for nine years, there are a lot of really good episodes. Like there are several episodes that could be great, you know, the best episode on any number of shows. And they're all from one show, soup Nazi. And that person as well saying, do not bring it back. Here's another one. Do not bring it back. Favorite episode, can't narrow it down to one, the Soup Nazi or the Man Hands episode. <laughs> I'm sorry I've got this horrible chest cold or the tail end of it here. When I laugh, I sound like I'm about to bubble up into something, but uh, I apologize. I can't help it. Uh, yeah, the Man Hands episode, that was funny. Uh, one where Kramer, funniest episode, Hal of Seinfeld, where Kramer thought uh, was thought to be mentally challenged, could not stop laughing. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Hal, my favorite episode of Seinfeld, uh, where Kramer was tanning with butter and Newman <laughs> and Newman wanted to eat him. Yeah. Here's another one. Man hands or the English patient. Uh, getting all kinds of text messages in here. I appreciate the text messages. I really do. But you can also call and we can have a conversation if you want. If you got time. I get, your, I get it. You're busy. But 204 780 68, 68. Uh, Hal, my favorite was was the shrinkage episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hal, do not bring back Seinfeld. Jacob says, no way. Uh-uh. And favorite episode, The Bet. Oh, yes. The Bet, right? Uh-huh. And that was the thing about that. And I'm and as I said to Jeff, I was I was not a big Seinfeld guy. I'm probably more of a Seinfeld guy after the fact. But when it was on, I mean, just, yeah, there were episodes that everybody was talking about, right? Everybody. Another one. Don't bring it back. I have yet to see one person on text message 
uh, or email to say, yeah, bring it back. Or, or what do you think of the idea I had there with Jeff? Maybe a reunion. Maybe you do a movie, do a two-hour movie. I think a lot of people would go and see a movie, and then if it's bad, it's it's over and it's done, right? And it was on a different platform than a than a TV show. I don't know. If if somebody was to make a good argument, I'd say maybe bring it back as a movie, but uh, but not uh, as a TV show. Another one here, Bubble Boy, best episode ever of Seinfeld. Rhonda says that show was so genius. Uh, Rhonda, again, another text message. Same Rhonda? Yep, same Rhonda. Hal, happy to have you back. Thank you, Rhonda. Great to be back. And she says, uh, do not bring it back. My favorite episode was the reverse episode with the gang heading to India for Sue Ellen's wedding. I don't remember that one. Uh, Thanks, Rhonda, though. I appreciate your text message. Uh, Dan says, leave it alone, Hal. Greatest show of all time. Uh, the George peeing in the shower episode. <laughs> and Wayne says, Wayne says, never watched it, Hal. LOL. Go Jets, go. <laughs> yeah, go Jets, go. Yes, we have a hockey game tonight, don't we? Oh, my goodness. I forgot all about that. Um, as uh, if you missed it, I'll play a little bit later on in the show. Bob Irving and I were, were chatting. Bob stopped by before his golf game today. And... We're three wins away from being in the Stanley Cup final, seven games away from winning the Cup. When you look at it like that, crazy. 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 Let's take a break. 2.45, quarter to three. Pal Anderson Afternoons on 680 CJOB. Oh, boy. Everybody's sending in their uh, their Seinfeld stuff here by text. 204 780 68 uh, question for how, how much money does Jerry Seinfeld make in syndication and reruns? I don't know, but it's a lot of money. I know it was tens of millions of dollars when they sold, uh, to Netflix. It's just crazy. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have to bring it, he, certainly he doesn't have to bring it back for money. That's for sure. He, he could have kept doing Seinfeld for many years, I think. But he pulled us, as I said to Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes there, when we talked about it earlier, he pulled a Seinfeld. He left while he was on top. Didn't have to, but he uh, he definitely did. Oh, let's get my... Listen, uh, my weekend show, Clay's been... Clay Young uh, now hosting the weekend uh, morning show. That was uh, my baby for a while, and I'm really excited now to be focusing in on weekdays uh, 1 to 4. But one of the regulars that would call on uh, the weekend show is Cha-Cha, and he's on the phone now. Let's... Let's squeeze a quick cha-cha call in here. Cha-cha at 204-780-6868. Hello, CJOB. Hello, sir. How are you today? I am excellent. How are you? Well, sir, I am fine. Thank you. I miss you so much, and I'm very happy you are back. And how was your vacation? My vacation was great. I did nothing but sleep, cha-cha. I slept, and I slept, and I slept. Well, sir, rest is best. Yes, rest is best, yeah. Okay, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, cha-cha. Thank you, buddy. Okay, sir. Okay, sir. Bye-bye. All right, there you go, my uh, friend Cha-Cha welcoming me back. Really nice. It's great to be back, too, by the way. Uh, I've got other television news, speaking of Seinfeld. I've got other shows that are bringing back, that have been saved. I've got some shows that have been canceled. And we see, we'll see if we have time for that uh, after the 3 o'clock news, because uh, I was hoping she would be able to join us, and she is on the line now. Uh, Bonnie Bricker 
is uh, joining us to react to this Virgo report that you've been hearing about today, uh, and you'll hear about it in the news here at 3 o'clock. Bonnie, uh, thank you very much for, for joining me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. What is your title over at Mood Disorders again? I'm the director of the Family Navigation Program. Thank you. I didn't have that jotted down, and I, I wanted to get it right. And, of course, uh, uh, your uh, your son took his life, and a lot of people know that story. Uh, yes. We don't need to, to talk about that, but I definitely wanted to get your reaction today to this Virgo report. What uh, Your initial reaction, please. Well, I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm encouraged. There's 130 recommendations that if our government uh, listens to them all, we're going to have a very healthy mental health and addiction system. Uh, it's going to be a slow process, a careful process, and a respectful process, but I do think that we are going to make progress. What's the most important thing to you as you look at the list of recommendations? What are the, what are the one or two that really you see as no-brainers? Uh, they are going to incorporate uh, suicide prevention and mental health awareness and health uh, in, for youth uh, as part of the education system. That was one of the recommendations. And we all know that if we provide uh, mental health support at those early stages, addictions may not even enter onto the scene. So that's a key point for me. The other, the other thing um, that, of course, goes right to my heart is that uh, they're going to use peer support in uh, areas like the emergency departments and the psych wards um, as, uh, to augment uh, the staff that are in the emergency departments. So that, uh, I think, will go a long way to helping that poor person that comes in with a, a mental health issue and has to sit there for hours and hours by themselves, um, not knowing really what's going to happen. Yeah, you and I have talked about that on this air before, where you feel like uh, where there may not be staff that can help these people, there are people that are, are have been through this that can be there for these people in need. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, I, I'm a mom with lived experience, but still I didn't know what uh, my son's life looked like through his eyes or felt like or sounded like through his ears. So someone with lived experience, someone who had walked that path before him, if he had been able to talk to that person that night that he was at uh, Health Sciences and not well, that might have changed the trajectory of his life completely. You know, as you look at these recommendations, there are dozens of them, as you say. As you look at these recommendations, do you say, man, if some of these had been in place, my son would still be here? Absolutely. Without question. It's why I agreed to be part of this process, uh, this interview process with Dr. Rush and his team, who are incredibly um, conscientious, with great integrity and respect and compassion and empathy. They, they asked the questions, they listened to us, they took the information, and what they have prepared, the culmination of this difficult year of, of preparing and collaborating and collecting all this information is really outstanding. And it is available online um, through government sites. Uh, I encourage everybody to read it. There will be some language and some things that they won't under understand, but there will be a lot that they'll be able to wrap their brain around, and it's very encouraging. And, and you know what? It's going to take each and every Manitoban to be part of this. We can't just sit there and go, well, you know, let the powers that be do this. We need to roll up our sleeves and be part of this and to advocate for ourselves and to push for this direction, to learn about what the 130 recommendations are 
and to promote them, to keep saying, well, I know that you've been thinking about this, but here, here's my opinion. This is what I think. This is what I need. This is, how can I help you? This is what I can do for you, and so on. This is going to be uh, a project for all Manitobans for all time. Bonnie, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Hal. Take care. Bonnie Bricker, she is with Mood Disorders, and she was a part of this uh, Virgo report that has come out today, and Tristan Field-Jones will have details on that in the 3 o'clock news coming right up here, all right? So make sure you stick around for that. We didn't go into a lot of detail there, but many, many recommendations uh, in this Virgo report, and like I said, some more details uh, on that coming up in the news, but I wanted to make sure I got Bonnie on in the final few minutes of this half half hour uh, with her Reaction. So, coming up here after three, we got lots on the way. Dave Patrician, the sports doctor, will be here. We got to talk some some Jets and Knights, of course. Game two goes tonight. I got a Muchos Kilo song for you. Allergies. My wife is suffering with the allergies. I'm lucky I don't have a whole lot of allergies, but she does. And man, it's been a rough one for her so far. I don't know about you. Let me know. 204 780 6868. Hal at cjob.com. Has it been a, a tough one with the allergies? And also, coming up after three o'clock, we're going to call and award Hal's Kitchen to one of our lucky listeners a $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. That's after the news. At 3.30. Lots on the way. Hal on CJOB. Ken, 204-780-6868. Text or call. You can also email me, hal at cjob.com. My inbox is always open. Just before we talk a bit of hockey here with the sports doctor, Dave Patrician, let me uh, play a clip of uh, Dana Spiring from Economic Development Winnipeg on with Mackling and McGarry this morning talking about the big whiteout street party again tonight, all right, and this ticket idea that they introduced before the game the other night. Listen. We're learning as we go here, and and Winnipeg has never hosted a party on this scale before, and so every time, you know, we host one of these street parties, we get all of our team together after, and we figure out how to make it better. We did issue the ticket policy uh, previous, just before Saturday's game, because we needed to make sure that we could limit capacity. We wanted to make sure that we didn't get into a situation where Thousands of people are coming downtown, and the party was at capacity, and they couldn't get in. So there were safety issues um, surrounding that, and, and you know, we're, we were trying to figure out the best policy we could to make sure that, one, we could keep everybody safe, and two, we didn't disappoint fans that made the trip downtown and, and ultimately couldn't get into the party. So, you know, we issued a bunch of tickets. 27,000 tickets went in about 11 minutes. Uh, unfortunately, we had some issues with scalping and, and some different things, which was certainly not the intention of any of the organizers. So uh, yesterday we issued another 10,000 tickets, and uh, it looks like things are improving for today. And, and, you know, we'll keep doing our best to make sure we get this system the best it can be. All right. So there you go. Uh, Dana Spiring from Economic Development Winnipeg. Yeah, you know, listen, uh, this is something that's never happened in this city before. So are they going to, you know... Yeah, it didn't work out exactly the way they wanted, but I'm telling you, man, I I don't want to even talk about, uh, this is just all good as far as I'm concerned. You know, a while ago we had the poll uh, online asking you what we should call Donald, you know, where the Whiteout Street Party is. I was happy to see that they put up a sign that says Whiteout Way, so it's official now, I guess, that's Whiteout Way, and we all helped uh, name it by voting, and that's kind of exciting. The Sports Doctor, Dave Patrician. Best way to find him is on Twitter, at The Sports Doctor. And uh, Dave is on the phone here now to talk a bit of hockey with us because we do have a very important game, Dave, tonight. That's uh, I'm, I know you're looking forward to it, like all of us. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, every game that we play in the month of May is important. But, uh, you know, at this one, I think there's more importance on this one because you'd love to go back to Vegas with a two-game-to-none lead. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, and the way they're playing on the road, right? I mean, it's just uh, – it's all good right now, Dave. Absolutely. And you know what? And, and there's added incentive because if we don't win four straight, there's going to be a game on Sunday of the long weekend, right? Two o'clock start to be, be at Bell MTS Place. Yeah. So the best way to avoid ruining a long weekend and nobody <laughs> has to come in from the lake yes. is to win four straight. Is to sweep them up. Yeah, let's sweep yep. these guys up. Well, I'll tell you, the way they played the other night, man, it, it would. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would not surprise me. I, I really... And I'm I'm not a huge hockey guy. And I just have to always preface it because I'm speaking, I'm talking through my hat here in many cases. But I, I just think that once we were done with Nashville, I really think I think the team thought that was the tough one, and uh, I, I feel really good. I, I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Well, yeah, you know, you, you, the conventional thought would maybe you, you took the foot, you could take the foot off the gas a little bit after you beat, beat Nashville, and then maybe didn't look, wouldn't show up as sharp against uh, Las Vegas, but yeah. that wasn't the case. You no. jump out to that 3 nothing lead, and the team was absolutely flying, and you, know, you, you, you end up winning 4-2, to two, but you, you, you actually you didn't have to do anything more than that. You got your four goals, you, won, you win the game. This one, I mean, listen, there's going to be 15,300 people inside. There's going to be 20,000 people outside. If that's not the motivation anymore to do, to do this, there's not going to be any more motivation because this is, like, if, if you would have looked out, and I know, like, you know, out where you are with the moat and the castle and the outskirts of town, <laughs> you, don't, you don't see a lot of cars going by anyway because yeah. of the security. <laughs> right. Where I live... If you look outside your windows um, on game day, it's like Christmas Day. Yep. Honest to goodness. If I looked out tonight about 8 o'clock, it's good. there's going to be nobody on the road, maybe a pizza delivery guy. Yeah. Just the whole town is captured by this, and uh, it's just not going to stop until, um, until like, you know, the second week of June when there's a Stanley Cup in our, in our grasp. Yeah. You know, it, it is. You're so right about this city and this province being preoccupied with this hockey team right now. On Saturday, I was getting some – I had one of my guys, and I was getting some stuff done. And I was thinking the game was a later start on Saturday for some reason. We're out doing some running around. Me and me and him are out there, and it's getting close to game time. And we didn't realize it. We thought we had over an hour left. It was literally minutes. And it's like, where did everybody go? Like, it was jam-packed. Where is everybody? Wait a minute. The game's on. So it, it's sort of funny how, yeah, but it's so cool to see this city and this province just being all in. Like, we're just, everybody's in. I, would have, I felt bad for anybody that maybe would have had a wedding on Saturday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the greatest day of the bride and groom's lives, and nobody's going to be paying attention. It's going <laughs> to be the same way yeah. any major day. Like Friday, Friday the long weekend, you know there's not going to be that usual uh, yeah. uh, tra- travel up to Falcon Lake or Grand Beach because people are going to be either they're going to leave at noon yeah. to get to their TVs faster because it's an 8 o'clock start, yeah. or they're just going to be sticking around in town. Hey, uh, Bob Irving stopped in before his final golf game before football season <laughs> today, and, and Bob said, listen, I don't want to get the cart ahead of the horse here, but he was sort of, uh, you know, excited about the possibility that the Jets might take on the Capitals in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, and Bob and I chatted. We were together on Friday at the uh, Ukrainian Sportsman of the Year dinner, and uh, he put out a tweet last week, uh, something to the effect, well, you know, because we won three AFCO Cups, and we celebrated one of those teams on Saturday. Yeah. Um, at the Fort Gary Hotel. I right. happened to go to that luncheon. We had some great hockey players. But, you know, that was the World Hockey Association. I'm not going to take anything away from the great athletes and the guys that play and the guys that won championships. 
This is the National Hockey League, folks. Mm. This is the this is the big time. Yeah. And now to become to be you know to become one Western Division champions and then two get into the Stanley Cup final. That yeah. that's you're you're in an elite elite yeah. Uh, category. Yeah, exciting times. You know, you mentioned the hotline. Of course, the hotline was on the air here. Kathy Kennedy had them in while I was away. And I mean, even they said, even here's an you know this incredible uh, trio of hockey players said we were good, but these guys are great. It, it, it's so true because, you know, it, it, it's a different game now. Um, and, I mean, you, you look – I remember years ago at the old Winnipeg Arena when you'd go downstairs and some of the players would be leaving. And, uh, you know, at six foot and a half inch, you know, I was bigger than most of the guys and probably and definitely shoulders were a lot wider. Now, if you ever get close to a hockey player – like, if you think about Patrick Laine. Yep. Kid's like uh, 20 years old. Six foot five. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he doesn't look like he's a big kid out there no. because everybody's the same. Yep. They're, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. They're, the, they're pretty much bionic. That's yep. what, you know, if you think about the six million dollar man reference, but yep. it is uh, it is so true. The game is a lot faster. Uh, there's like I, you know, you, you got to feel for number thirteen, Brennan Tanev. This guy's like a pinball out there. He's getting smoked every every se- every uh, second. He's getting hit, but the guy gets up. He's like a rubber ball. He goes back yeah. at it. And lesser man like that. Think, think about this. I get up in the morning. I uh, I accidentally bump into the wall, and I'm pretty much done for the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave. I, I I'm right out of time, but I had to get you on today to talk about hockey. So we'll talk again soon. Perfect. Thanks, Al. Dave Patrician, the sports doctor, joining us here on game day. 3.15, quarter after 3. We'll check traffic in the forecast and uh, all kinds of stuff coming up. Stay right there. All right, we were talking earlier about uh, Seinfeld, the Seinfeld finale on television 20 years ago today, and I mentioned that uh, it was also the finale on this day of another very popular TV show. I mean, listen, not as popular as uh, Seinfeld, don't get me wrong, but remember Moonlighting? Yes! Moonlighting, final episode on this day in 1989. And then nine years later, it was the final episode of Seinfeld on the air. And I promised you a rundown of some TV shows that have been saved and that have been cut. I don't watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I hear it's very funny. And they announced that it was done. It has now been picked up by NBC for a sixth season. Fan outrage is being credited with saving Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So Fox canceled it, starring Andy Samberg, and then NBC now is bringing it back for a sixth season. So you Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans, it is hanging around. Fox, meantime, is reviving Tim Allen's Last Man Standing, a year after it was canceled by ABC. And when we were talking TV a while ago, somebody said, how that Last Man Standing was just a really good show. ABC canceled it. Now Fox is bringing it back. And we also find out that CBS is renewing elementary criminal minds, but it's canceling Superior Donuts and Kevin Can Wait. And then there's a whole bunch of other shows. If you have any interest at all, give me a call, and I'll tell you off air, okay? 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. But those are the big ones. Those are the ones worth mentioning on the air if you want to hear the long list of other shows that that network is going to bring back. Call me, and I'll tell you. 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. All right, so we're going to break here because uh, we're going to get sports out of the way. 
news. And then when we come back after the news, we are going to call a lucky winner and give away Hal's Kitchen, a $5,000 kitchen makeover from my pals over at Kitchens Today. Hal's Kitchen. Very exciting. That's after the news. On the way here at 3.30 on CJOB. It's 20 degrees at 680 CJOB, and now back to Hal Anderson. Thank you very much, TFJ. Very special moment here on the uh, Hal Anderson Afternoon Show. We are going to call a big winner. My my sausage fingers sometimes get in the way of success here. Um, All right, we're going to call our big winner of Hal's Kitchen. Uh, We've been doing this for weeks, giving away $100 gift cards for Kitchens Today and qualifying a bunch of people for this $5,000 kitchen makeover, Kitchens Today and Winnipeg Custom Countertops. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Is this Marjorie? It is. Marjorie, would you have any idea who this might be? Yes, I know it's you, Hal. (laughs) Okay, well... Marjorie, I'm shocked that you would uh, know my voice. I am excited that you would know my voice. Would you maybe know why I'm calling? Uh, for the custom kitchen. Yes, you are our big winner, Marjorie. Well, that. Yes, you're our big winner. That's great. $5,000 kitchens uh, makeover from Kitchens Today and Winnipeg Custom Countertops. So congratulations. We did this one other time, and I'm telling you, the winner, I still hear from her. I get emails and text messages about how much she loves her kitchen. So you're going to love working with these guys. Okay, that's great. How is I'm your how is your current ki- uh, kitchen? Is it Does it need some help? Or? It, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Any ideas what you want to do with it? Um, not yet. Yeah, well, you got lots to you got lots to pick from Dale and, yep. and Chris and everybody. They are going to take good care of you. Hey, and the most important thing, Marjorie, thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. Well, actually, I'll just let you go. We got your number. We're going to get a, uh, our promo people. We'll give you a call and we'll get you okay. connected with Kitchens Today and Winnipeg uh, Custom Countertops and get it going. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, Marjorie okay. Colson, our big winner there of Hal's Kitchen, that $5,000 makeover of her kitchen. Thank you to all of you for playing along with Tough Trivia and qualifying. You got your $100 gift cards. I really hope you use those and uh, get some work done. These guys are great. Kitchens today in Winnipeg Custom Countertops. Marjorie, our big winner. Isn't that excellent? Um, A couple things I think uh, worth chatting about from the show today. We had on my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, and he is seeing some moisture in the forecast. Uh, before I get to uh, that clip of uh, of Bruce, here is uh, Mike Conkin. Here's what Mike Conkin says about our current dry spell that we're in right now. We haven't seen any measurable precipitation since April 12th, so today is day 32 if we don't see any rain by the end of the day, which looks to be pretty much a lock. So the top five driest stretches that we've had here in Winnipeg The fifth longest is actually 33 days, so we don't have any rain in the forecast tomorrow. It looks like we are going to be in the top five driest stretches since records began for Winnipeg back in 1872. So we haven't had dry conditions like this since 1980, where there were 40 straight days without precipitation from March 
into May. Wow. So it has been dry and uh, for too long. So I got my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, on the horn to find out when he thinks we might get some rain. And it's pretty good news. It looks like Thursday and Friday there are rain chances, then it clears up hopefully for the weekend. So that might be good on every level because yeah. we need the rain. And then then actually makes it safer for the weekend because then it won't be so dry. So hopefully there'll be a rain Thursday, Friday, somewhere in there. And hopefully it's a, a decent rain. And right now models are showing oh, 10 or 15 millimeters, which is not a big rain, but it's certainly uh, you know fairly significant. And hopefully we'll get that. But, uh, yeah, it, that's... Uh, We've been a long time, but the funny thing is we think of, okay, well, we've gone to, I mean, the record's 47 days, but in Vancouver, B.C., in 1951, they went 58 days. You believe that? 47 days for us in 1976. That is the record. We're hearing of a fire out of control in uh, the Caddy Lake area today in the news. You may have heard that in the news. And earlier on, I had Dave Jeanson on from ABC Fire and Safety, and he was telling me that a lot of cottage owners are getting together and buying fire pumps with things being so dry just in case. Uh, It's a very inexpensive piece of equipment to fight fires. Uh, They come on a, a cart. You can wheel them right down to the water's edge. You throw in your suction hose, you fire up that pump, and you can pump a lot of water through that, and it will help uh, fight some fires. And uh, I've been noticing uh, throughout the last couple months, um, cottage associations are getting together, especially in the remote areas, and uh, getting together and getting a pool of money together to purchase these uh, fire pumps. And the fire pumps are very inexpensive to purchase. They vary from about $1,000 up to $5,000. So for these remote locations, these are a great uh, piece of equipment to have. Well, and a lot cheaper uh, than if a cottage goes up in smoke, right? That's right. And you can also get the uh, sprinkler adapters that you can connect to these fire pumps and you connect these uh, sprinkler heads onto your east truss and you don't even have to stand around as long as that uh, fire pump's got full gas. You fire it up and then you got sprinkler protection for your cottage as well. Once again, that's uh, Dave Jeanson at ABC Fire and Safety joining us on the show earlier. And then uh, I want to get a little bit of Bob Irving on. Bob uh, dropped in, uh, talked to little bombers here uh, before he hit it out for his final golf game of the year for him because uh, it gets pretty busy with football, right? And uh, Bob was in and, and gave us a rundown on on when Bomber football will get going in the city. And then we get into a bit of Jets talk as well as we get ready for game two tonight, Jets and Knights. This is Bob Irving from earlier. Take a listen. Well, rookie camp starts on Wednesday afternoon at Investors Group Field. Everything is over at Investors Group Field. Uh, they go for two days, three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Medicals on Saturday for for the vets, for everybody. And then main camp opens on Sunday, the 20th of May. Mm. And the first preseason game is June 1st. Yeah. It's right around the corner. I two know. weeks, basically two weeks, first preseason game. And you're on your way for your uh, last golf game before football season. <laughs> when football starts, it's hard to wedge yeah. those golf games in because it takes about four and a half hours to play golf, yeah. half an hour to get there, half an hour to get home. You need a six-hour window, and I don't get a lot yeah. of those. Well, I don't want you to be late. So one final question. <laughs> Just give me your thoughts on the Jets. I mean, this has just been an amazing run. It really has, and they've got the city fired up, pal, in a way that we haven't seen for a long time, maybe ever, mm. really, when yep. you think about it. I mean, here's a team that's got a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Are you kidding me? We're three me? wins away from being in the it, final. Being in the final. Seven wins from the Cup. 
I'm not that surprised, and I don't want to make it sound like I told you so, but I've been saying since early, middle part of the season, when you could see how good Hellebuck was, I said, hey, these guys are for real. They've got yeah. tremendous talent, skill, speed, goaltending. They score. They defend. I mean, halfway through the year, we go, wait a minute, this is not a fluke. These yeah. guys are good. Mm-hmm. They are really good. Yeah. And now that they've disposed of Nashville, I, I said before the Vegas series started, they'd win it in five. I still believe that. Mm-hmm. Looks like Washington's going to win the other side. Washington's very good. I think it wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be an amazing Washington final? Wow. final? I'd love to say, let's not put the cart before no, the old horse because no, no. the Vegas Knights will have something to say about yeah. it. But I expect the Jets to win this series and be in the yeah. final. How about that? There you go, Bob Irving. And listen, go Jets, go excited about the Jets, but do not forget, CJOB is your Winnipeg Blue Bomber radio station. 345, quarter to four. Quick break here. We'll check traffic and the forecast, and then we'll find out what's coming up on the news at four. Stay right there.